Well, welcome back to Cassidy Church Online. My name is Josh Berry, and I'm filling in for Pastor Steve as he is out this week as well. We are going to continue talking through our sermon series titled Prodigal, where we are looking at Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. You may remember that last week we talked about the younger son, the one who was the prodigal son, and we see his story of redemption as he goes away from the father and then is slowly drawn back into his love and comes back to the father's household, which represents life with God. This week we are going to be focusing on the older son, who was actually working at the father's household the whole time that the prodigal son was off doing his thing. We see that the older son is a hard worker. We see that he has been in the father's household this whole time, dedicating his life and his energy and his time to the father. But we also see that the older son actually deals with some heavy emotions, and he gets a little bit immature at times. It can be easy for us to see that and to sympathize with him because it seems like he feels undervalued or overlooked. But when we take a closer look, we actually see that the older son deals with quite a bit of what we called pride. So that is actually where we get the title for today's message, which is Check Your Pride at the Door. When the older son hears that his younger brother is coming back and that there's a party going on, he is actually so bent out of shape by this that he refuses to even go into the house. So this week we are going to have to check our pride in ourselves as we are coming into this physical space, this church, or this time online, we need to check our pride, and that can look like two things. The first way we might need to check our pride is if we already know that we can be a proud or arrogant person, and that's a great thing to admit, first of all, but the way we can check that pride is like you would check something at an airport when you have a check bag. You're just going to take it, you're going to put it up, and push it out of sight. When we come into this place, we need to check our pride and be willing to let God do his work in us, and to say to us what he wants to say. If that first one didn't apply to you, get ready, here's the second one. So if you have not checked your pride, you need to check your pride like check yourself, you know? You know what I mean? You got to check yourself and see what is inside of you because it's possible that you might be dealing with some pride right now. It is something that hides itself. We're going to talk about that later today. So in everyone's life, at some point, you are going to deal with pride. So this message is something that God can use to talk to you. So we need to check our pride at the door in one way or another. But before we get into God's word and more of this message, I would like to ask for his help. So if you would, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have given us this time to come together, that you have been patient with us, that you have been loving. Search our hearts, soften our hearts, and if there is any way that you want to be speaking to each of us individually, Help us to be open to that, and help us to hear you clearly. God, we know you are good, and we know that you call us to live our lives in a way that stands out and in a way that honors you. We pray this all in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. All right, so we're going to dive into the story of the prodigal son picking up right where the younger son gets back. So this is in Luke 15 again. We're starting at verse 25. It says that, meanwhile, the older son was in the field while his younger brother got back. When he heard that in the house there was music and dancing, when he came near to it, he heard this. He called over one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, the servant replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Now, the older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, 
All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So we see a couple things in this story. The first of them is that even if you are in the household of God, even if you are a Christian, it is possible that you might still be struggling with something. But the great thing that we see then in this story is that the older brother, the older son, who is struggling with pride and just a lot of anger and selfishness perhaps, that he is still loved by the Father. The Father is still compassionate with him. And we can draw comfort from that. We can take heart in that. If you are a Christian and you are still struggling with something, don't let that turn into shame. Don't let that be something that then you take or that you can let the devil feed on and then turn around into something that says you are hopeless, you are a lost cause. We can still struggle even though we know God. It is okay. He will work with us. The second thing that we see in this story that we're actually going to be focusing more on today is this issue of pride because that is something that appears to be pretty deeply seated into the older son's life. He is experiencing pride and that requires us to look into this idea of pride. So, what is pride? We may hear this word, especially in the English language, in a lot of different ways. You might be proud of your child or your parents or a sibling. You might be proud of a loved one for something they have done. You might be proud of something that you have done. Like if you worked really hard on something, a project, um, just creating something, a relationship, and it goes well, you can be proud of what it is. But what we also talked about last week is this idea that sin is us taking something good that God intended for us to use well, but we're using it in the wrong way or in the wrong context. So pride is then something that can become a really bad sin. The sin of pride, how I would describe it, is when we focus too much on ourselves or what we do. Pride is us taking too much time thinking about ourselves, and it is us taking our mind almost entirely away from God and anything that he is doing. That is when we become proud in a dangerous way. Mistakes are great because they, you know, they keep you from becoming proud. So I want us to have a lot of examples of pride this week just to try to understand what it looks like. I told you all last week that I work at a preschool, and I have a quick example from that. So this one week, one of my kids was building a tower with these wooden blocks, and he was really excited about it. It was like a foot and a half tall, and he was like, this is awesome, and he's just building it. And I see one of his friends walk over and say, hey, can I build with you? And the kid that was building the tower got visibly upset. Like, he started crying a little bit. He started shouting. He came over to me and told me the story that I had already seen, but he was so upset because he wanted to build this tower on his own, and he didn't want his friend to help him at all. He wanted it to be his time building this awesome tower that was going to use every single block from the room, and he was so upset about it. Now, I told you before also that the reason I like preschool so much is because you begin to see that we are all just like preschoolers. We get upset about little things just like they do. We're just bigger and older and no more words, but we're preschoolers. So that is what pride is. It's us getting really upset about things because we want to do something on our own and we just can't handle this idea that someone else might come along and be a part in it too. And when you look at it from the outside or 
from in the future when you're looking back, you recognize that it really wasn't something that was worth getting that upset about. We see in the Bible that we are warned against pride because it is something that becomes destructive for ourselves or our own relationships. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Another translation of it says, Your boast becomes a prophecy of a future failure. The higher you lift yourself up in pride, the harder you fall in disgrace. Like, ouch. That's pretty harsh, but it shows that when we are acting in a prideful way, we are going to fall. We are going to end up in a place where we are disgraced, where we are humbled, possibly harshly, because of our pride, because we're not supposed to live in a way that is prideful. We're not designed to. It's not healthy for us. We see even further into the Bible, in the book of James, actually, chapter 4, verse 6, that God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather not be living in a way that is in opposition to how God wants me to live. That's when it begins to like seem a lot more serious. But before it just gets something serious that we feel like we can't handle, let's take another look at just what pride actually looks like and how we can work through pride. Another example of pride is we can think about this idea of a chair. So normally people sit in chairs, but pride is seeing this chair and saying, hmm, I don't want to just sit in this chair. Like, I want to be really awesome. I want people to notice me in this chair. So you just step up onto the chair and you're like, hey, look at me on this chair. I'm pretty awesome. I'm standing up tall. I got great balance. I am awesome. This is elevating yourself up. This is making the time of being on a chair more about you than anything else. You want that attention. So pride is like standing up on a chair. But when we look at pride, we need to recognize that it's not all about just standing up on a chair. It's not all about just elevating yourself. It's about what we talked about before, putting too much focus on yourselves. So we begin to see as we dig into pride that there are actually two sides to it. The first is self-elevation. This is us making ourselves greater than we need to be in a way that almost can begin to seem ridiculous because we talked about last week that when we take what God has given us and we try to use it for our own benefit to make ourselves look good or to make ourselves feel good like the prodigal son was doing, we're always going to come up dry. We're always going to run out. That is what self-elevation, that form of pride does. We're going to puff ourselves up, but then we're not going to have anywhere to go. We're not going to have any reasonable end goal for that. That then leads us to the flip side of pride, which is self-deprecation. And this is actually the one that I have dealt with more um, because when you try to puff yourselves up and then it doesn't work out, you then deflate all the way and you begin to feel awful about yourself. You begin to question your self-worth. You begin to wonder if you're even good at doing things. That is still pride, though. That's the crazy part because you are thinking too much about yourself and not at all about God or other people. You are keeping all of the focus on yourself or the things you have done. Now, unfortunately, and I want to talk about this, in our culture, we have, unfortunately, a culture where it's almost not applauded, but it's just it's made normal, this idea that we can tear ourselves down and that can be something that's okay. Because we make self-deprecating jokes all the time. I used to do this so frequently. I'd say, I'm trash or I'm the worst when I messed up, even if it was a, just a joke. Um, but that would come back around and make me actually begin to question my own worth, my own value. And I want to speak against that because when we have pride and it turns into something that makes us tear ourselves down in front of others or even just internally, that's not how God designed us to live. God made each and every one of you 
You are made by God with a calling, with a purpose. We should not be tearing ourselves down. That is not in God's design for us. Nor should we be elevating ourselves up far too much. We need to be acting humbly before God. So, we have these two ways that pride ends up showing up. But here's the issue. We can see that pride hides, or maybe we can't see it. And I want to talk about that a little bit. If you are having trouble recognizing, is there pride in my life? There might be, but we need to recognize the ways that it actually hides out. So I'm going to talk a little bit about submarines, actually, because submarines, the more you learn about them, you recognize that they are a lot about stealth. They need to hide themselves when they're going underwater because they're on secret missions, they're trying to get behind enemy lines, or they're trying to deliver cargo in a way that is unnoticed. And it's not always like that for submarines, I'm sure. I'm sure there's friendly submarines out there or the tourist submarines, but more often than not, I think submarines were designed to be stealthy. I'm not a submarine expert, though, so if you have concerns with that, we can talk about it later. Um, but I learned from Greg Hogue, who's one of the congregation members here at First Service, he was talking about submarines, and he was telling me how Soviet submarines, when they needed to be stealthy, they would actually get themselves in line behind or under merchant submarines so that sonar would actually not be able to pick up the Soviet submarine that was there because it was so close to another one already. That is what pride does. It gets so close to something else that is already in our life that it becomes hard to tell that there is even pride there but then pride is the actual issue that we need to handle. So, perhaps it's anger. Maybe you're thinking so much about yourself that when things don't go your way, you get angry about it. Maybe it's depression or anxiety. When things don't go your way, when you're feeling bad because something didn't work out again, you start feeling depressed. And since you didn't get joy from being able to achieve something, you just feel deflated because of that. You feel like, what's the point? Maybe the anxiety part of it is you're thinking so much about yourself that you worry what you look like, it becomes vanity, and then you worry what other people think about you, and you get anxious because of that. All of these things, even though they might have other causes or it's a different battle to fight, they could have ties to pride, and by taking out the pride in that situation, that could help you defeat the other issue that you're struggling with, the other submarine, so to speak. So we are going to talk about ways that we can take out pride. And we're actually going to talk about that by looking at Guardians of the Galaxy, which is our movie for this week and the last week that we've been um, focusing in on. We're going to talk about the character named Drax the Destroyer. He is an amazing guy. He's very funny. He's very strong. We also see that he deals with a lot of pride, though, specifically in one scene in the movie where he gets into this really big fight. And it also involves a character named Rocket, who is a genetically modified raccoon. And this other creature, his name is Groot. He is a living humanoid tree sort of deal. So those are our three good guys for this story. And then they are facing the villain who his name is Ronan. We talked about him last week because Star-Lord is also someone that faces him. But Drax the Destroyer, he has been hurt badly by Ronan. Ronan killed his wife and his daughter, and Drax wants revenge. He is filled with anger. So at one point in the movie, he actually ends up sending a message to Ronan from a radio station. He just goes off and does this on his own. And he says, hey, we're here. Come and fight us. I'm going to take you on. So Ronan brings his whole army. Needless to say, it does not go well. Drax does not win the fight. And it actually leads to a lot of struggle for his team. And Groot and Rocket are the ones that actually come back and they find Drax after he's been defeated. 
And Drax actually does something really notable here. He apologizes. A quote from the movie is that he says, I was filled with so much anger and rage, and he just didn't know what came over him, and he apologizes. Now, unfortunately, Rocket doesn't really take that apology. He begins mocking Drax for this loss of his wife and his child and the actions he took because of it. So that wasn't great, but we see that Drax did the right thing here. And what we actually come back around to is still this idea that Drax has been humbled from his pride. This is going to be a spoiler, but it's just a small one. So Groot, the humanoid tree, actually ends up sacrificing himself later on in the movie. And that is a huge blow to Rocket, because Rocket and Groot were really close to each other. So Rocket is grieving at the end of the movie, and we actually see Drax, who understands loss, he comes over to Rocket and he begins to comfort him. Even though Rocket wasn't there to comfort Drax in his loss, Drax has been humbled and he shows compassion. What's amazing is that we see from Drax that there are ways that you can overcome pride, even when it's something that completely consumes you. How do you do that? We overcome pride by acting in ways that are humble. That's really great. So we see that pride and humility are not only opposites, but humility is something that actively combats pride. But how can we act humble? We have a couple ways. These are not all inclusive. Um, these are just ones that I came up with quickly. But we can see victory against pride. We can see humility when we are willing to apologize for wrongs, when we are willing to practice gratitude, when we begin to be vulnerable with others, and when we are willing to work with others. These are all ways that we can take the focus away from us, ourselves doing something on our own without others or without God, and we shift the focus to those around us, to the greater picture. When we do something wrong, it's okay. It happens. Everyone makes mistakes, but we need to be willing to apologize. We need to be willing to thank other people for working with us. We need to be open to this idea that we are human, that we mess up. When we be vulnerable, it gives us more time an ability to connect with other people. And we see that the pride de-elevates from there. Or if we have had a pride that has been pushing ourselves down and depreciating our value, we can see that when we are vulnerable and we relate with people, that builds us back up because we have that community. So all of this might seem like something that's just vague and hard to get a good grasp on because it is rather internal. Pride is something that you can't necessarily see right away because it's an emotion. It's something you feel. It's something that's in relationships. But as we've been going through this message, I'm sure something has stood out to each and every one of you. And I want you to focus in on that one thing, to grasp that, and to make that something that you are going to work on. Start by praying about it. Start then by talking about someone with it too after you've talked to God. Take that one area of pride. Work on it internally pull people in to work on it with you, even if you don't understand it. That alone is battling pride. But you will see as you work on this, internally, you're going to see external physical changes in your world by the grace of God and by the power of acting in humility. And when we are freed from pride, we are going to see huge change. So we are now going to take some time just to pray to God and to focus in on this because God gave us the way to defeat pride. He sent his son, Jesus, who was a perfect and sinless example for us, who never exhibited any pride. And when Jesus died and rose back to life, he gave us the way to be set free from sin 
and he left us with his spirit that lives inside each and every one of us. So this is not something that we cannot overcome because we have God with us. We can do it when we have him. So let us pray and let us step into the rest of this week knowing that we can overcome pride with God. Heavenly Father, thank you that you take the time to work on us. Thank you that you are patient. When we are selfish, when we are immature, when we are trying to do things on our own when we really don't need to, when there's really not a benefit to us doing things on our own, you are patient again. You are loving. You are tender and kind when we mess up, when we fall down. And when we are overconfident, you find ways to show us that there is a better way to live life still. And it's because you sent Jesus that we can see a better way to do things. So help us to truly remember and to learn to love the way that you call us to live life. Help us to be willing to apologize when we make mistakes. Help us to be willing to work with others because we are not meant to be islands. We are not meant to live life alone on our own, trying to do things our own way. We're meant to live life with you and with each other. So Jesus, we ask all of this in your name. We ask for your help, and we look forward to the good that we are going to see overflow in our lives because of the good work you are doing in us. We pray this in your name. We love you. Amen.